0: Well, good evening, everyone. Let's see. We have 13. 13 people in church tonight. You call that a baker's dozen. And um, we're glad to have those of you sitting in church tonight, and uh, we want to welcome those that are following us online. I hope and pray that this service would be a blessing we start by prayer so can you please join me as we ask the lord to be with us tonight father we give you thanks and we give you honor for the privilege you've given to us to come to church tonight those of us that are here that have made the sacrifice and dedication to be here in church we pray for those oh god following us online that you would also minister to them father we pray be a blessing to your people tonight bless the worship bless the service and every child of god that's not well we ask that you will show your mercy and if it is your will lord heal your people heal us spiritually heal us physically father we ask in jesus wonderful name amen and amen Amen.
1: sometimes down paths I do not know sometimes he leads me through the valley but where he leads there his grace that flows Sometimes he leads me by still waters, and sometimes down paths I do not know, sometimes he leads me where has grace that flow he leads me by still waters and sometimes down paths I do not know. But where he leads, there his grace that flows. He leads me by still waters and I do. sweet peace that only comes when Jesus has control I don't want to walk this far I know where it ends oh, let me feel your spirit once again joy in my soul and the sweet peace that only comes when Jesus has control. I don't want to walk this road. I know where it ends. Won't you let me feel once again, yes, Lord, touch our hearts oh, to feel your presence and the joy in my soul oh, my and the sweet. On this road, I know where it ends. Won't you let me feel your spirit once again? Oh yes, Lord, and the joy in my the sweet peace that only comes when Jesus has control. I don't want to walk this road. I know where it ends. Won't you let me feel your spirit once again? Yesterday
0: Sometimes wish that on in a service that we can cater for those of us that are here as well as those following us online that we can cater to flash the songs up or we can have some expensive equipment you know that when you are looking online you see the scriptures coming up flashing on the computer screen and you know get up there sometime we're not like that. In our church here in Mississauga, we're not a wealthy church. We're more so a church like they had in the, old, in the New Testament day. Uh, they did not have a lot of wealth. They did not have, at least, we've got a nice building here. Uh, they did not even have that when they grew up in the early church. Church was really not the building, but the people. And I wish it would come back to that place one day, the church will be the people. The early church met. And uh, this was what the early church sounded like or looked like or were about. And it says in Acts, the second chapter. um, Of course, the first chapter tells us that there was a group gathering up in the upper room. Now here was the work that Jesus started. The work that Jesus started had lots of people following Jesus. When it was on the mountainside where he fed, one time he fed about 5,000 men, they said, and one time he fed about uh, 3,000. And he always says men, I'm not sure why they say men. Uh, if they didn't count the women or they just included everyone. But um, you would think a person that had 5,000 people attending a service and then one time 3,000 and then they saw the miracles that Jesus did. I mean uh, there were few times when Jesus would not heal the sick because of their unbelief but in a majority of cases he always healed everybody. Uh, You were blind, you got healed, you were dead, you got raised from the dead. Uh, You could not walk, you get uh, touched and he would bring you up uh, back to normal human position. All these miracles Jesus did. First miracle, turning water into wine. Uh, Jesus walked on the water. Uh, He did miracles after miracles and you would think... That when he was gone after his death that there would be a few thousand people Gathered together on the day of Pentecost Now Luke when he writes about that He says there was about 120 That is in Acts the first chapter <clears throat> He says there was about 120 um, Here in chapter 1 And let me see here uh, where it says uh, there was about um, 120, verse 15. And in those days, Peter, the Apostle Peter, stood up in the midst of the disciples or the brethren and said, and there's a bracket here, he says, the number of names together were about 120. 120 where did all the people go (laughs) you wonder thousands of people saw miracles people says i'm going to serve god better if i see a miracle No, uh, the nation of israel saw many many miracles and they still did not serve god and uh, here was a church that was going to be an example and we're not looking at the crowds as an example we're looking at the faithful few and when there is a nucleus that is built on the strong a strong foundation, what, what comes in would not change them. And that's the kind of church we ought to build. Now I don't have the gift of miracles. I don't turn water into wine. I'm so glad I don't I have the power to do that. We'd have a bunch of drunkards in our day. But um, I don't Rarely, occasionally, the mercy of God would be there and we'll see a miracle. Uh, we'll have someone healed. Uh, healing is a gradual process. And, but with my limited ability to perform miracles, I don't expect the church to be one large church. And so I could change all of that by making the church more of an entertaining church. Well, guess what, even if I want to do that, we don't have the kind of money to invest in this building and this church to make it an entertaining church. So, tough luck. Anyways, the early church, they met and they gathered together. And you know, they gathered together and then on the day of Pentecost, the spirit of God uh, fell and <clears throat> and healed uh, the people, uh, uh, They spiritually and physically. A Holy Ghost fell and they spoke in tongues and there was a magnificent transformation of individuals. Cowards became bold to preach the gospel. Men who were afraid to declare uh, the testimony of the Lord were now bold and uh, today I wish that power was here because I still Have to accept I accept what God has placed in my life And with my ministry One of the remarkable things about My ministry Isn't that a beautiful word? Remarkable things about my ministry Is I don't have a lot of people that are grateful People find it very hard To walk over to me and shake my hand And say that was a good message pastor Thank you it's my kind of life And I'm on the internet all the time And it would be nice If one of our own people Locally Would go on the internet Find me on Facebook And just don't say like but Put a statement But ever so often Someone from a distant country Or from some foreign land Would write and tell me But men who are called and close to the ministry Would never say that Now, do I get disappointed? No, I'm accustomed to that If someone does that If I have a local person Write up something about me And put it on the internet Snow will fall in August I'm not anticipating that But what I'm saying Is that here is the early church And it says, verse 41, chapter 2 And then they that gladly received the word There was a gladness in their receiving the word This is the early church Were baptized And the same day, day of Pentecost There were added unto them About 3,000 people came on in Now you know thousands of people followed Jesus When he was offering fish and bread And doing miracles Uh, Well, thousands came on in When they see the disciples speaking in tongues And uh, they see this mighty power of God It was not gibberish They did not just get there and rattle a few words No, they were speaking languages And it was so impressive That it brought in a crowd of people But not everyone that came on in was saved See, there were a lot of priests That came and joined the group that day but the 3,000 that came on in, they were not all saved. The scripture says, as we move further on into that um, uh, Acts, the second chapter, it says, And they continued, the disciples, verse 42, and they continued. They did not just start, but they continued. And I'm thinking when I'm reading, they continued. I'm thinking the 120 plus whoever else came on in. My confidence is in the 120 that showed up in the upper room, not the crowd that came on in because they heard them speak in tongues. And it says, and uh, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' teachings or doctrines and in fellowship. Uh, One of the remarkable things that the early church had is that people learned how to fellowship. It was necessary for the church to meet and people to see each other and people to embrace each other and people to stop by and visit each other. And it says they've continued in fellowship and in breaking of bread. And in prayers, uh, these are all parts that made up the early church And fear, fear of God came upon every soul People loved God and they feared God What is lacking today in the church is the fear of God And I know that, it's not something that I think it might be so I, the people today In this assembly here in Mississauga Lack the fear of God Remind me to say this back on Sunday When everybody's gathered here They lack the fear of God And when you don't have the fear of God You make an excuse to miss church. You make You come up with a reason That God will not accept to miss church and there is no fear of god but the early church had the fear of god and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles and all that believe were together they were together and had all things common see luke is writing this and i believe that there was a commonness you know the socialist world the communist world has used the method of uh, equality among men in that uh, they capitalize on this Christian thing that uh, you know, if you've got so much, you don't need to have an excess amount we can share that that it was actually something that was introduced in Guyana when the party that was in power uh, was becoming very socialistic they didn't want you to have more money Than anyone else It was coming to that place But you know that wouldn't last But they had all things common In other words They didn't have refrigerators Or microwaves Or anything like that But whatever they had They made sure That everyone had It's not like our 21st century world Where some are living High on the hog Is that the right term? And some are barely uh, scrambling to make ends meet The early church had a common commonness And it tells me that the Holy Spirit was there because that was the result It was producing uh, humility and a commonness and a unity among the people And those who had big possessions and didn't have a lot of money, it says in verse 45, and they sold their possessions and goods. It means they sold everything they had. But if we were to help individuals, it was necessary to sell uh, goods and extra properties that one might have. And parted them to all men, that is within the church, as every man had need See, there was a life to be lived There was a family spirit that occupied the early church It is not me having all the pleasures of life and you don't have it uh, Before church started tonight, I asked Brother the sin matter I said, would you like to go on a cruise? He says to do what? Watch water? Well, I expect an answer like that from a zindad. I went on th- two cruises or three? I went on two cruises and I didn't just watch water. I go on a cruise because I would like to enjoy the, the, the uh, comfort of the, sh- the cruise ship. Um, I don't go party when they're partying. There was always a place. There was something in the cruise I went called the sanctuary that you can pay $100 for the trip and you can go in a place where they have palm trees and quietness. Nobody wants to go in the sanctuary. So that was my perfect place to go and hang out. Or I get up early in the morning before, while everybody's asleep. At 3.30 in the morning, they have a dining area that's operating 24 hours, uh, all days, 24 hours, seven days a week. And I get up at about three thirty, four 4 o'clock and I go down to that little dining area with my Bible and I'm sitting down and uh, enjoying a coffee uh, while I'm reading and they, uh, they, there was a lot of Filipino people working on that cruise ship. And they'll come and the first man would see me says, good morning, pastor. I say, good morning. And they'll stop by and talk some scriptures with me because the whole ship is empty, everybody's asleep. Partying too much the night before or something. But it was nice to wake up, the ship is traveling at night. It travels at night and then it docks at an island in the morning. And I would love to go out and stand there and see it pull into the harbor and docks. And then uh, one trip, Brother Sam went with me and we would get up and we'll go and and have breakfast together and then Chandri would come down and Whoever was with me on that trip, remember Tim? Uh, They'll come down and we'll have breakfast together and then we'll decide to visit the island. Uh, We never really joined a a crew to uh, to a tour trip, but we'll visit the islands. And so I told Brother Sinbad, I said, really and truly, if I could have afforded it, I'd like to take you and Pam uh, together with Brother uh, Vid and Jasmine. Uh, with my family and we go on a nice cruise, not an ungodly uh, thing that every, every turn you make. Today, I would not really like to go on a cruise because there's COVID-19 all over the place. But when things are back to, to, to settling down, I'd like to see everyone has the privilege of enjoying one of those cruises. I feel But Raleigh and Marge would be nice to go on a cruise. You know, like you feel people in the church. But we're not living in the early church days. Here, everybody for themselves. You can afford it. I can't. You spend it. And then you come and say you don't have money to give to the church afterwards. We are different. We think family-wise. My interest is the church. The reason why I don't miss a service is because there might be a single living soul sitting there wanting to hear the gospel. Then beyond this church, there are individuals around the world that would like to hear the gospel. And some are following us uh, when we are preaching here on a Wednesday night. But the early church, they sold their possessions and parted parted it to all men. And uh, as every man had need, verse 46, and they continued every day, daily. This one is a week, serving God. Uh, One of these days I might preach on the definition of hypocrisy. We have been touching the concept of conversion recently. Conversion. And we've been dealing with Conversion. And I believe that the majority of people going to church don't fully understand what conversion is and are not really converted. They have adopted the religion, but they have not really been converted. I believe that. And so when I'm thinking like that, I'm thinking that today we not only need conversion, But we need an experience with God. Conversion will do that, but we need that experience with God that will lead us on to serving God. Serving God. You see the word serve, God. Uh, When I go to a restaurant, I like to be served nicely. Um, When the last time we went to the United States, uh, we did not, uh, we went to. my favorite breakfast place Cracker Barrel And after the pandemic is over Cracker Barrel changed And it was a place I loved to go to Cracker Barrel For breakfast Since the is not a breakfast person I order the same thing every time I go to Cracker Barrel It's called uh, Sunrise Sampler Where they give you a little bit of all the stuff That they're cooking Into one plate and uh, it's called Sunrise Sampler This time when we went Half of the people were served and the other half the last, When we went to Rochester Half were waiting for their food When the half were finished eating Then the other half Almost finished eating Then the food came in And I thought that's lousy service That's the kind of service That reminds me of our church Lousy service We give God a lousy service In today's world See when you sit at a restaurant And someone serves you really good You give them a tip And you wouldn't like to hear the rest of that Because if God was looking for individuals To give a tip to The service in this church is Poor. So we come to a, what is this called? We come to a Wednesday night service. You see, the term service is misappropriated. The early church continued in one accord, breaking bread from house to house. <clears> they <throat> eat their meat with singleness of heart. All they wanted to do, most important, was serving God. And what they did, praising God and having favor with all the people, everybody uh, in the community enjoyed these Christians that were serving. And the Lord added. And the margin says there uh, some of this is omitted. And the Lord added to the church uh, daily. Um, the margin says, and the Lord added, those who were being saved. As the 3,000, out of that group, there might have been some that were being saved. And so, conversion is an important aspect of our Christian walk, but continuously being converted, like the conversion has a process, and it is a sanctification And it's a sanctification process that keeps us improving in our Christian maturity as the days go by But it means obeying God Over in the book of Ezekiel, uh, chapter 33 Ezekiel, uh, like Isaiah, like Jeremiah Ezekiel was another prophet that God sent And I've been saying this over and over again, the reason why Isaiah came, was God's people, the body of Moses, was in rebellion. The reason why Jeremiah came, was, the body of Moses, God's people, were in rebellion. The reason why Ezekiel came, was, because God's people, the body of Moses, was in rebellion. And so half the things we're reading in the Old Testament was addressed to a rebellious bunch of God's people. And when you come over to the early church, the same problem we have. Well, yes, here is the one of the problems. It says here in chapter 33, uh, the Lord said to, his, uh, to Ezekiel, <clears throat> he says... Again the word of the Lord came unto me saying Son of man speak to the children of thy people And say unto them God says I'm going to let you know What you need to say unto them I wish the Lord will talk to me Like he did to Ezekiel And tell me what he wants me to say to the people I honestly believe I'm saying to the people That are listening to me tonight Exactly what the Lord would have Wanted me to say And I hope I'm right He says he says, When I bring a sword upon the land When I'm about to judge the land If the people of the land Take a man of the coast And set him for a watchman In other words If I'm about to bring judgment Make the armies Come and plunder the land Who is doing this? God Isn't that what he says? He says if I bring the sword upon a land well COVID-19 didn't come from the devil even though it might be evil in its origin good and evil is permitted by God and there is something called sovereignty and there is something that call is called human responsibility Now listen to me carefully you poor people sitting in church tonight Sovereignty means God's in control. Human responsibility puts you in the driver's seat. And when sovereignty, God is in control, but you're in the driver's seat. How you push the X, God is not to be blamed. He puts you in the driver's seat, and he put signboards, sign, boards, uh, sign uh, speed signs. Along the highway, he, got, he has guardrails And he puts speed signs That would say 100 kilometers or 50 kilometers or uh, 40 kilometers You as, a, as an individual, even though God is in control You're sitting in the driver's seat You've got to pay attention to the speed limit signs Pedestrian crossing You got to know what that is. Otherwise, you'd kill some pedestrians. Go to jail. You've got to understand that you can't be a drunkard and driving at the same time. And when you violate the principle and someone gets killed, you're responsible. But God's in control. Yes, I know God is sovereign. But sovereignty does not void out human responsibility. I'm going to say that again God's sovereignty does not void out your human responsibility We are responsible to obey God's law And God's word And Ezekiel uh, says that God will set a watchman And the watchman's responsibility Is to preach what God puts in his mouth Now won't that be something it says here If when he seeth the sword is coming upon the land, and he blows the trumpet, and warn the people, then whosoever heareth the sound of the trumpet, and taketh not warning, if the sword comes and take him away, that person's blood is upon his own head. The watchman is to blow the trumpet. When he sees the sword is coming Enemies are coming And he makes a certain sound on the trumpet If he doesn't have a strong lungs He can't be a watchman And if the enemy is coming at midnight Your family might not want you to blow the trumpet Because they like to sleep there might be a lot of reasons why that watchman can't blow the trumpet Because the people love to sleep But the enemy is coming And he goes on to say uh, Whensoever, <clears throat> and then, Whosoever hear the sound of the trumpet His blood is on his own head, right? He heard the sound of the trumpet Took not warning, his blood shall be upon him But he that taketh warning shall deliver his soul <clears throat> So watchman has a responsibility And he must fulfill that responsibility as the need arises And then everyone that listens to the trumpet being blown It becomes necessary for them to obey that trumpet And then it goes on here But, 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 but There's a conjunction But if the watchman sees the sword come And blow not the trumpet And the people be not warned If the sword come and take any person from among them, he's taken away in his iniquity because he is serving God in the wrong way. And this is a spiritual lesson. This is not meant to be a physical lesson where you're watching for, uh, you know, America invading Canada. No, it's a spiritual lesson. The enemy here is evil powers trying to penetrate the church. And the minds of God's people. Are you following me? When there is iniquity in a place, in a church, God will allow the judgments of God to hit that church or that nation. Iniquity is anything we come up with that is not approved of God and we want to establish that. And today, for example, we're in a fellowship. We call ourselves the body of Christ, and we might be just the body of Christ. <clears throat> the body of Moses <clears throat> went to hell a lot of times. Well, the body of Christ can also possibly go to hell, like we see done in the New Testament period of time. And if I am raised up as a watchman, I can. See the sword coming. I know what is going to happen because the church is full of iniquity, but I don't want to disturb your slumber. I look at the church and I look at the fellowship and I see we are sleeping spiritually. We are drunk spiritually. We're intoxicated spiritually. But you know, if I blow the trumpet, The fellow ministers would be uh, annoyed with me. I'm disturbing the spiritual slumber of society. Then I must give account unto God for my lack of initiative, my lack of courage in not obeying him, but catering to the desires and peer pressure of the people around me. My job is to preach the gospel whether you like it or you don't like it. And that's what the Lord told Ezekiel. He says, the people, if you fail to do that, the blood of the people are on your shoulder. Now, if God has called me to preach the gospel, I don't want your blood to be on my shoulder. So I will preach as I get older, I'll preach even more blunt than I did when I got started. I will call sin sin. I will call paganism paganism. I will call spiritual drunkenness drunkenness. I've got a responsibility to God to sound the alarm. He didn't call me to blow a harmonica. He calls. He called me to blow a trumpet. And then as you move towards the end of that chapter, uh, the Lord says, now he says, Ezekiel, you're doing your job. You're preaching the gospel. You're doing your very best. But here's the response of the people. He says, also, son of man, verse 30, the children of thy people are talking against thee. <clears throat> when you blow the trumpet and you bring sin to, uh, to the lights of this gospel, when you expose Drunkenness And spiritual idolatry You will not be liked By the crowds The people When Ezekiel was there They did not like him Well did they like Jeremiah No Did they like Isaiah No They never liked anybody That exposes their hypocrisy And so the Lord is telling Ezekiel now After he tells him his responsibility He says also thou son of man The children of thy people are still talking Against thee <clears throat> By the walls And in the door of the houses Speaking one to another Everyone to his brother say come Let's go I pray thee Let's go hear what the word of the Lord Cometh forth from the Lord Let's hear what brother so and so Is going to say because you know He is destroying the fellowship He is not following The footsteps of our ancestors He is going to destroy Let's go hear what he has to say And when they come and you preach the gospel And you tell them about church attendance And you tell them about paganism And you tell them about all of these things Like I break my back in trying to tell this church How important church attendance is Here is what happened they come to thee as the people commit And they sit before thee as my people And they hear thy words But they will not do them For with their mouth They show forth much love But their heart Goeth after their own covetousness People That are spiritual Schizophrenics Will come on a Sunday And you can see Dr. Checkle. But when they walk out of the church, they carry a Mr. Hyde personality that is contrary to what God wants. So we might have a good Sunday service, a packed out church full of Sunday Christians. But if you put yourself in my position, you would know that no matter how much you preach on a Sunday, That people need to be more faithful in church attendance. They will not come on a Wednesday. Are you listening to me? And this message must be heralded. And he goes on here. He says, verse 32. And lo, thou art unto them as a very lovely song. That had a pleasant voice And can play well on the instrument For they hear thy words But the tragedy is They will not do it See Jesus told his disciples When you go into a city If that city hear your words only But they will not do it And they reject what you're saying because they think all you're doing is singing a lovely song leave the city and brush the dust off your feet when you leave over in the book of james james is writing about the same thing and in james chapter 1 james is writing here and i've got 10 minutes to go he says here in james chapter 1 wherefore verse 21 He says, wherefore, lay aside all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. Lay it aside. It is important to lay it aside. He says, and receive with meekness the engrafted word of God, which is able to save your souls. What what James is telling the people, he says, laying aside all your evil and your ungodly lives, Lifestyle and <clears throat> take a hold of the word of God that's being preached. He says, and the word being preached is able to save our souls. Verse 22 Be doors, everybody say doors of the word and not hearers only. Deceiving yourselves But if any man be a hearer of the word And not a doer He is like a man Which beholding his face In a natural glass And when he leaves He forget what he sees And so when we come back To the most important point Serving God demands A life activity Turn with me uh, to, (coughs) To Colossians The little book of Colossians And in Colossians chapter (coughs) 3 Paul is writing to this church That he never started But he's giving them a beautiful lesson I got 7 minutes approximately to go Are you ready? Let's move here He makes some statements here in chapter 3 of Colossians That will be very appropriate for our day and our time and I'm going to run this through in five minutes. If you then be risen with Christ, <clears throat> you're saved. Somebody says, I'm born again. You are? If somebody says, I'm converted. Are you really? I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian. Are you really? He says, if you are risen with Christ from a dead past lifestyle, seek Say that word, everyone. Seek. To seek means to desperately search for something. Seek. Not for money, not for wealth, not for fashions. Seek things that are not pertaining to earthly things. He says, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth at the right hand of God. Then the next word that he says here is set. It is not God's responsibility here. Sovereignty does not void out our human responsibility. We can't be hearers of the word only. We've got to be doing what Colossians chapter 3 is telling us. He says, seek, verse 1, verse 2, set your affections. Not on things, but things that pertain to the kingdom of God Love God Love the word of God Don't get carried away with this world And what it says He says For you're dead and your life is hid with Christ uh, Hid with Christ in God In other words, you're dead to this world Or are you still alive to it? See, if you're not converted You're alive to this world and that's the problem The problem we have in churches today is people are alive to this world And serving God to them means you come to church, attend the service And they call that serving God, I don't call that serving God It's like you go and sit in a restaurant and the waiters, uh, the waitress comes and she says What are you going to drink? I said i would have a Diet Coke with lemon inside, Chandri is going to have bottled water And she comes and she gives you And then she goes away And you don't get anything else You don't get the menu You don't see nothing The waitress is gone Did that ever happen to me? One time it did Couldn't find the waiter Guy's gone for a smoke outside Forgot that he started serving you Well that's how we do on a Sunday We come to church on a Sunday And we forgot that we said we were serving God And we depart and Paul is writing here and he says Verse um, 5 he says Now the third word uh, First is seek Second is set Third is mortify therefore Your members which are upon the earth He says your members Your body members The way you think and what you do He says you need to mortify it Put things to to uh, you slay the carnal nature and start to readjust your life to serve God. Anything that will encourage fornication, mortify it. Anything that encur- encourages uncleanness, mortify it. Inordinate affection, impure impureness, uh, inordinate, its, um, it's lustful affections, mortify it. Uh, evil concupiscence, desires that are full of greed, mortify it. You got a job. <clears throat> well, God's in control. He's going No, no, no. It is our responsibility to be doing these things that Paul is writing to the church at Colossae. And he goes on here. Covetousness, which is idolatry. See, we could be full of idolatry coming to church. And he goes on further. He says, For which things the wrath of God cometh upon the children of disobedience. These are things that bring the wrath of God on the churn of disobedience. And when the church gets the same judgment, it means the church are, is doing the same things that the ungodly are doing. God never errs in judgment. Then verse 7. In the which we also walk sometime in the past. But here is some additional things to do. He says, but now you also put off Everybody say put off All of these, what do you put off? There's the list we gotta put off These are road signs, these are speed signs Anger, put it off Wrath, put it off Malice, put it off Blasphemy, put it off Dirty talk, put it off He says, lie not one to the other Whether you fake a lie or you make up a real genuine lie Seeing that we have put off The old man, the old carnal nature When you're a Christian, when you're converted The old carnal nature is put off Are you converted? And after you finish putting off there is what he says. Put on the new man which is renewed in knowledge. Verse 12. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved bowels of mercies. <clears throat> you got to put on. You put off ungodliness. You put off the flesh. And you start to put on the very attributes of Christ. Put on. But I gotta wait until I get the Holy Ghost. No, no, no. Put it on. Put on. Be merciful to people. Kindness. Humbleness of mind. Don't be big shot and want fancy things. No, humbleness of mind. Meekness. Long suffering. Bearing up with one another. Forgiving one another If any man has a quarrel against any evenness, Christ forgive you So you do also And above all things Everybody say above all things Put on charity Which is the bond Of perfectness And he concludes here I'm concluding here He says and let the peace of God Do you have peace? Are you troubled? Are you worried? You fret yourself? Here thunderstorms are coming and you gotta go under the bed huh? Hurricane is coming See God has been good to us Because of his mercy Not because we deserve it But because of his mercy And as children of God If we are genuinely converted We'll find that we'll start to act We are in the driver's seat Sovereignty does not rule out human responsibility it is our actions on a daily basis that will determine where we stand in the coming kingdom of God are we saved are we converted if we are then we'll manifest the life and lifestyle light and lifestyle that scripture speaks about this is a beautiful night to be in church I'm thankful to God that you're here Be not hearers of the word only But let's be doers of the word And you can listen to this lesson tonight And forget everything by the time you reach the road Then you would have proven That you're just a wayside soil That you hear the word But the devil takes it away And the bird of the air catches it away And it does not find that fertile soil To send its roots And to grow And to develop May God help us. Let us pray. Father, we give you thanks tonight for this another night in your house. Thank you for speaking to us. May you raise up watchmen today that will not be afraid of the people's faces, but will declare with all boldness the whole counsel of yours unto the people, Father. Help us, Father, we ask. Let these words change our lives, Father. In Jesus' wonderful name we ask it. Amen and Amen.